Hi, everybody. Hi. Welcome to your Friday. You're listening to Crooked News, where we bring you crazy news, hilarious history, and occasionally a story from you. So please send your stories to talkcrooked at gmail.com. Yes. (laughs) Send them. Send them in. Send them in. All right. All right. Let's go. Are you ready? Yes. Um, Okay, so first we're going to start with some Florida nonsense. Um, I'm so excited. (laughs) This is from ABC Action News by Dan Trujillo. Trujillo, yeah. Okay. So there's a way you can still attend Tampa Bay Rays games this season. Kinda. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) Major League Baseball is finally starting its season next week. And while fans won't be allowed to attend the games, you can still show your support. The Tampa Bay Rays are now selling fan cutouts, where you can pay to have a cardboard cutout of yourself printed out and placed in the stands at home games. I'm sorry, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Oh, it gets worse. (laughs) Oh my god. The team has even included a photo submission guideline to help. Please note, the Rays are unable to create cutouts that include the following... Commercial advertisements, including slogans, websites, and phone numbers. Social media handles and hashtags. Offensive or negative... To what end? <laughs> Who's going to see it? <laughs> no one's there! No. You think all the all the baseball people, the, all the players are going to be like, oh, I'm going to go look at everyone's Twitter handle. No. <laughs> no. Offensive or negative references to any MLB team. Names of any MLB players, <laughs> statements or endorsements of political candidates, or third-party logos what? slash branding. But again, who's going to see it? Yeah. Uh, this is the dumbest thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. The cost is $60 and $40 if you're a season ticket holder. Oh, my God. MLB has also announced they will pump in crowd noise from video games to fill the otherwise quiet stadium. (laughs) To get a cardboard cutout of yourself put in the Tropicana field to help cheer on the Rays, click here. (laughs) I'm not giving you guys the link. (laughs) You do not need to spend $60 or $40 on this. No, no one needs that. (laughs) That's, oh, my God. No. I thought I'd heard everything. <laughs> and then Everything's you heard that. stupid. Oh my gosh. Like so many businesses are like evolving and doing cool things like to accommodate for the pandemic. And like that's just stupid. Yeah. <laughs> that it's unnecessary. What need does that meet? Nothing. None. You can have people buy subscriptions still to, like, watch it a certain way or something in lieu of tickets. Yeah. But a cardboard cutout? Like, why? <laughs> We're just gonna sit there and get rained on. You're gonna switch them out every, every game? Yes. Oh my gosh. Whatever, whatever poor janitor has to do that. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so are you ready? He'll be putting all those stupid things out and he'll be like, I would rather be cleaning up shit. Yeah. Like. (laughs) (laughs) So are you ready for something that's going to make your heart melt? 
Yes. Okay. This is from Fox 13 Memphis. Um, and it doesn't have an author. So, Kansas dog makes 50-mile trek to her old home in Missouri. Uh, this was published on July 18th, 2020. A dog named Cleo, who disappeared from her home in Kansas earlier this month, turned up a few days later at her old home in Missouri, about 50 miles oh. away. Colton Michael told television station KNBC that the four-year-old Labrador Retriever slash Border Collie mix showed up on the front porch <gasps> of his family's home in Lawson, which oh. is uh, which is about 30 it's miles northeast of Kansas City. Yes. You guys, my dog's a border collie. Sorry, I'm like, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> At first, she wouldn't let anyone get near her, said Michael, who has lived in the home for nearly two years. She finds her way home, and there's some strangers living in it. That would be scary for anybody. Oh. Eventually, he was able to gain Cleo's trust and get and to get her checked for a microchip, which showed that she belonged to the former owners of the, his house. Cleo's owners, who had moved to Oleth, Kansas, about 50 miles southwest of Lawson, couldn't believe it when Michael called and said the dog had turned up at their old home. They had posted oh, on goodness, right? They had posted on Facebook a week earlier about the missing dog. Neither family knows how Cleo made the trip, which would have required her to cross at least one river. Oh, and she's just Baby girl. She's just so cute, and she's kind of fat. And (laughs) she's precious. She did it. I made it, guys. She did. What made her run away? I don't know. She probably got scared and confused and then was just like, that was the only place she could remember. Is this recent? Yeah. Yeah, it was fireworks, more than likely. Yeah. So many people's puppies and and kitties ran away. No. Oh, it's just so sad. Every time we go for walks now, there's so many more dogs out with collars. Yeah. Running around and... Oh, it just breaks my heart. Poor babies. All right. And for my last one, you'll get a good laugh. Okay, good. (laughs) This is from WSAV.com. And it's by Louis Levine from the Coastal News Service. Okay. Body found by railroad tracks in Liberty County turns out to be sex doll. Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) Is that a body? Wait. (laughs) This is from Uh, Alan. (laughs) This is from Alan Hurst, Georgia. Um, Okay. So, Liberty County officials believe they were set up on Tuesday when what they thought was a dead body (laughs) turned out to be a sex doll. (laughs) Around 2 p.m. in Allenhurst, not far from Dunleavy Road, Liberty County Sheriff's Office Detective Mike Albatron said officers found the sob found the object well i tried to say subject uh found the object (laughs) (laughs) laying on the side of railroad tracks by policy law enforcement officers do not touch a deceased person until the coroner arrives so they placed a sheet (gasps) over the suspected body and waited (laughs) wait what Uh uh-huh okay so i'm i'm picturing a blow-up doll oh oh wait We, we get a description 
Okay, because, like, that's obviously not a dead body if it's a blow-up doll. Like, you can tell. <laughs> oh. But, oh, no. When the oh, coroner no. arrived, detectives began to check for injuries and immediately discovered the body was a female sex doll. The doll was anatomically no. correct, with realistic skin oh and God. features, and was fully oh dressed. Oh, my God! Oh, my God! <laughs> All Britain said in it all his years... It was fully dressed yeah. and had synthetic... Oh, my God. <laughs> so that's an expensive Sex masturbatory doll. tool. Yes. Right there. Um, <laughs> why was it on a railroad? <laughs> I have no idea. Oh, Al- my God. Come on, Kay. I don't know. This is all they gave me. <laughs> oh, my Al- God. Britton this said is in insane. all his years, he has never encountered they- a situation like this. No. And you never will again. No. <laughs> I don't want to meet the dude that did that. No. It's over. <laughs> I'm just not getting anything out of this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, Olivia. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, because if it's that realistic... I'm just going to speculate that this dude was walking her around and pretending like she was real. <laughs> yeah, probably. Okay. Uh... <laughs> all right. <clears throat> okay, was that all of it? Yep. Oh, okay. You never say when you're done. You're just like, quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm just like... All right, well, (laughs) oh, Lord. All right, let's take a quick break. Okay. All right, guys, we are back. We're back, and we depressed ourselves on the break, so now we're going to have some funny stories. We did depress ourselves. (laughs) We did. Okay, so now I've got... Some fun, something super fun that has absolutely nothing to do with anything that's going on right now. So yay, yay. So, um, so this is—I don't know if you've heard of this. I learned about these people, um, when I was in high school. I think I was a sophomore in high school in biology class, mm-hmm. and we were talking about genetics. So, are these the, blue, the people? blue people? Yes, 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 yes. Tell me everything. Yes. Okay. So this was an article I found on Ranker. Um, it's called Facts and Stories about the Blue Fugates. Um, I love it. By written by Cheryl Adams Richkoff. Um, not sure when it was originally published, but it has been updated. It was updated May twenty first of twenty twenty. So, <clears throat> so, all right. Ready? Uh huh. Okay. People come in all colors to an extent. <laughs> Still. Still, you wouldn't expect to see a human with naturally blue skin, but that's the case for the blue fugates. Who are the blue blue fugates? Uh, The title refers to members of the fugate family of eastern Kentucky, particularly those who lived in the early to mid-20th century. And according to first-hand accounts, the title is no exaggeration. Yeah. Eastern Kentucky is a place, you guys. It is its its own place. It's its own state. Yeah, um, like that's what people the rest think of, us, of when they think of Kentucky. Yeah, but we are not that. We are not that, and they are their own, <laughs> their own place. 
um like you know the stereotypes of like the no shoes and marrying your cousin and shit that's mm-hmm. eastern kentucky and um oh if anyone watched justified like all the meth and all the stuff mm-hmm. from that it's based in eastern kentucky all the violence and stuff that's eastern kentucky yeah. <laughs> that is not the rest of the state uh we're not cool with it and no. <laughs> anyway so that's why when people ask you like where you're from when when you say kentucky you say like western kentucky or northern yep. kentucky you specify the city <laughs> yeah, yeah you don't say <clears throat> eastern kentucky you i'm just from don't. eastern kentucky well i could tell <laughs> by your lack of teeth so um <clears throat> i'm just kidding uh why did the few gates turn blue this short answer has to do with a genetic mutation arising from inbreeding. Mm-hmm. The longer answer has to do with recessive genes and bizarre happenstance. <laughs> Which, if the Fugates hadn't... What? Uh, it just it surprises me that we didn't see this come up in royal families either. Oh, I know, right? Yeah. Because everyone was... The, uh, the aristocracy married their cousins and brothers and sisters for generations to yeah. keep the money in the family. So that's how they were able to hold on to the, all their fortunes. So uh, the uh, if the Fugates hadn't lived in such a rural area, their condition might not have become so pronounced. Mm. That's why. Blue skin. What? What? I said that's why. Oh. <laughs> uh, blue skin is often seen as something not quite human. From the Scottish blue men of the Minch to the Hindu god Krishna. But f- but the Fugates are more... Is that your phone? Mm-mm. Why do I keep hearing that sound? Okay, sorry. I keep... I keep it keeps sounding like someone's voice activation is getting activated. That little beam. Yeah, I... Yeah, Did you it's... Hear it? I heard it for like a minute when we were recording the main episode, but I haven't yeah. heard it since. But I thought it was coming from your end. That's weird. Okay. Um, all right. Sorry, guys. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. But the Fugates are mortal, and however wild they may seem, these facts about the Blue Fugates of Kentucky are nothing but the total truth. All right. You ready? Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. They lived in isolation. The Fugate family first settled in Kentucky in 1820. Martin Fugate and his wife, Elizabeth Smith, came to Troublesome Creek, (laughs) an out-of-the-way region of Appalachia. According to family stories, Martin Fugate was blue himself. Even Even if this wasn't true, his offspring ended up with an unusual appearance. His son, mm-hmm. Zachariah, was born with blue skin, and so were three more of their seven children. So Elizabeth was not blue. Okay. Good they had for seven Elizabeth. kids. <laughs> they had seven kids, and four of them were born blue. Jesus Christ. Due to the isolated nature of the community, the Fugate neighbors knew about the blue people, but few outsiders did. Okay. So Hello? they also they had unusual blood. Ooh. So where did that blue color come from? The the Fugates had a genetic defect that resulted in a condition called Oh man, here we go. <laughs> Methemoglobinemia. 
Look at okay. that. Good job. So I, there's the word hemoglobin, there's the word anemia, and the word meth in there. Not sure <laughs> how that breaks down, but I guess we're going to find out. So, um, which means yeah. their blood didn't carry as much oxygen around the body. Yeah. Um, so this makes the blood darker, which, which in turn causes the skin of Caucasians to appear blue. And their lips to look purple. Ooh. In addition, arterial blood looks chocolate brown rather than red. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. I, I'm fascinated. I love this so much. Yeah. So, people with methemoglobinemia have higher levels of methemoglobin in their blood. They may have 10 to 20% versus the average person's less than 1%. The Fugate's very blood was different from that of their neighbors. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Like, I'm just... How? I know. That's what I'm curious about. Like, but why? (laughs) Yeah. So their condition partially arose from inbreeding. Martin Fugate and his bride, Elizabeth Smith, both carried the same recessive gene that causes methemoglobinemia. It wouldn't have affected future generations of Fugates if they hadn't married within the family, that is. The Fugates lived in an isolated area which limited their options. Zachariah Fugate, one of the first known blue Fugates, married his aunt. One of their sons married a close cousin. In turn, one of their children married another cousin. Of course. It makes for a confusing family tree marked with plenty of blue individuals. As one of the family members quipped... I'm kin to myself. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I love man. it. All right. Luna. Oh, I love the name Luna. Luna Fugate was the bluest blue Fugate. Oh. Okay. So at the end of the 19th century, a man named John Stacy attended church one Sunday in eastern Kentucky. And he spotted a young woman... And apparently liked what he saw. Uh-huh. The two courted, got married, and had 13 children. Jesus Christ. I would kill my husband. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever heard of pulling out, sir? <laughs> the woman was Luna Fugate. And according to lore, she was the bluest blue Fugate of them all. According to the to a local nurse, the bluest fugates I ever saw, <laughs> the bluest fugates I ever saw was Luna in her can. Luna was bluish all over. Her lips were as dark as a bruise. She was as blue a woman as ever I saw. <laughs> Interestingly enough, Stacy himself refused to say whether his beloved wife was blue. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "Ooh, something exotic. <laughs> that woman is blue." I will make her have 13 babies. Yes. Maybe my children will be blue. Goodness gracious. All right. So apparently they were shunned. So the Fugate's blue skin was more than just startling. It was also a clear sign the family had been practicing intermarriage. Like, duh. Yeah. (laughs) As time went on and people began to discover more about the harmful effects of inbreeding... That blue skin became even more of a stigma. 
Their neighbors were not always kind to the Fugates, and in response, the family withdrew even more from their tiny community. By the Aww. time Dr. Madison Cowan, Cowan? I think Cowan, um, contacted the family in the 1960s, it was clear they were, they were all too used to being outcasts. They wouldn't come into the waiting room. You could tell how much it bothered them to be blue. They were tired of being stared at. That's so sad. Yeah. And it's not their fault. You know, it's not the ones that have the blue skin's fault that they have blue skin. You know? No, no it's not. But also... Yeah. <laughs> also, inbreeding is not great. Yeah, well, it's... It doesn't I'm not great saying... for your health and all yeah. of that. But it isn't their fault. You're right. I mean, it's... Yeah. It's it's Eastern Kentucky. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So apparently they live long and healthy lives, which is great. Um, so methemoglobinobia, I can't keep saying it. Say it five more times, please. Why mm -hmm. are you making me say it more? Blue skin can cause <laughs> developmental delay and seizures, but despite the intense appearance of their blue skin and purple lips, none of the Fugates suffered poor health or lived in pain, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, the condition literally only had a cosmetic effect. Though the family endured psychological pain from their outs outsider status. Many of the family lived to a ripe old age, with Luna Stacy bearing 13 children before passing at 84. Uh, I would have passed at her. 23. Yeah. <laughs> Instead after, of having 13 after children. baby 13. <laughs> Bye. Oh, goodness gracious. All right. So they were treated with blue dye. In the early... Excuse me, sorry. In the early 1960s, the case of the Blue Fugates was brought to the attention of Dr. Madison Cowan, a hematologist at University of Kentucky Medical Clinic. Excuse me. He began, quote, tromping around the hills looking for blue people, unquote. <laughs> Eager to learn more about the Fugates, he ran into a nurse named Ruth Pendergrass, who had firsthand experience with the blue people. She joined him in his, hunt, in his hunt, and eventually they met two of the Fugates. <clears throat> After interviewing the Fugates, Cowan concluded their blood must be missing a crucial enzyme. So to trigger the blood's natural processes, the doctor decided to inject the affected family members with methylene blue, a dye. The cosmetic results were nearly instant. Talking oh, wow. about experience years later, Cowan said the treated family members were thrilled to see the blue fa fade from their skin. For the first time in their lives, they were pink. The solution Aww. really was that easy. The effects of the dye were temporary, but Cowan, su Cowan supplied the Fugates with methylene blue tablets to take every day. I think they peed blue. Ooh. If I remember my teacher right. I think it made you, like, pee all the blue out or something. I don't know. So, um, oh, wow. <clears throat> the last known blue fugate was born in 1975. Oh, little baby. There's a picture of him. Little <laughs> buddy. Um, the fugates continued to have large families over the years, with some children stillborn in various shades of blue. Coal mining and the railroads brought new people to Kentucky, however, thank God, and the yeah. Fugates began marrying outside of their family. <laughs> Eventually, the recessive gene receded. 
the last known blue fugate was born in 1975. Benji Stacy looked almost purple at birth, alarming his doctors, but his grandmother shared the story of her family's unusual lineage. Yeah, they probably thought he had like an oxygen deficiency or something. Yeah. Um, and the medical staff concluded that he had simply inherited the fugate's rare condition. The blue faded from Stacy's skin over the next few weeks, though his lips and nails continued to turn purple when he got cold or angry. Interesting. Could you imagine? You could never hide if you were angry. <laughs> I know, You just right? have to walk away. Your lips are blue. <laughs> could, more f- could more blue fugates be born in the future? The decline of inbreeding makes it less likely that the recessive gene causing the condition would crop up. Though it still exists in many, there's a chance that future generations of the fugates could have blue skin, but the likelihood is very small. Good. So the fugates still lead very private lives. Um, Although ABC News published a story on the blue fugates in 2012 and tried to follow up with the surviving family members, they reported being unable to reach anyone. Probably because they didn't want to be ostracized and get that attention. You know, they're just used to all the negative attention. Um, At least one Fugate descendant still lives in in the Appalachia area. And various other families with the condition are scattered throughout the region. But the gene pool has significantly dispersed. Quote, you almost never see a patient with methemoglobinemia. Unquote. Admits to a hematologist from the Mayo Clinic, Dr. Ayalu Teferi. Um... <clears throat> okay, so the blue men of Lurgan also had the condition. I've never heard of these people, but... Me neither. Um, <clears throat> the, quote, blue men of Lurgan were Irish brothers who, in 1942, were treated with ascorbic acid and sodium bicarbonate by Dr. James Deeney. The procedure worked, at least, temporar- at least temporarily, as the brothers' skin began, began changing to a normal shade over the course of 12 days. So, ooh, this is interesting. So you can actually acquire blue skin later in life. So though the fugates, yeah, apparently. So though the fugates ended up passing down a recessive gene through generations, ensuring the continuation of blue-tinged skin and oxygen-deficient blood for generations, there is also a way to acquire methahemia... Hemoglobinemia without the gene. I'm glad I'm not doing this drunk. Jeez. When (laughs) protective enzymes that exist in healthy red blood cells are exposed to oxidizing drugs, nitrates, or other chemicals, they can infiltrate the enzymes and increase methahemoglobin levels. Um, Certain foods can cause this in infants, but exposure to chemicals like benzocaine and zapsone i don't know what either of those things are generally triggers the condition so this leads to physical symptoms like shortness of breath headache dizziness and loss of consciousness and apparently it turns you blue so weird yeah okay so i looked up the things you said the benzocaine and whatever um yeah Benzocaine is found in over-the-counter products that may be used to soothe the baby's sore gums from teething. Um, oh, wow, really? Yeah, the U.S. FDA recommends that parents and caregivers not use these OTC drugs on children younger than age two. Nice. So, like, um, Anbazol, Baby Oragel, and Oragel, Hurricane, and Orbase. Be careful. Wow. Yeah. 
Huh. Good to know. Read your labels, people. All right. Well, yeah. this has been <laughs> sufficiently weird. And <laughs> I loved it. That was great. Oh, yeah. Just something to pull everybody out of their out of their shit. So, yeah. um, yeah. yeah. So thank you guys so much for listening. We hope you're staying safe. And remember, you are not a monster. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to Talk Crooked. Music is by Gisla Niebach. Check out our website, talkcricket.wixsite.com slash podcast for sources and visual aids, as well as resources to get involved. To keep up with our nonsense and stay up to date on all things Crooked, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook at Talk Crooked. To keep the shots coming, access ex- exclusive bonus content, get a free poster, and a shout out on air, head on over to our Patreon. All links can be found on our website. You can listen to us basically anywhere you get your podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. If you have interesting stories relating to our content, please send them to talkcrooked at gmail.com for a chance to be featured on the show. For business inquiries or sponsorships, please email us at carryandkbusiness at gmail.com. See you next time.